Friday, January 7th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 18 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Jared, for cash on FanDuel this week, what do you like at quarterback? So if the weather checks out okay in Buffalo, I like just going up to Josh Allen, 8800 bucks. You know, it's it's easy enough to fit him in. You, know, you, you could even play Allen and get, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, but we'll have to, again, check the weather in Buffalo on Sunday morning. I think, you know, that's kind of the only thing that can stop Allen in this spot against the Jets. If the weather is an issue, I think Taysom Hill is a nice play here. He's not as big a value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings, but he, I believe he still comes in as our second best dollars per point value on FanDuel. You you know, you're getting the rushing with Taysom Hill. It's a good matchup against Atlanta. I even think there's passing upside with Hill in this matchup Um, games indoors. So no, no weather concerns with with Taysom Hill. So he's a safe cash play at 7,700 bucks. Yeah. If you check NFLweather.com right now, it says 34 degrees and light snow possible in Buffalo on Sunday. But the radio this morning here in Western New York said the bills are looking for snow shovelers. So it could be a tougher weather game. And we have seen Josh Allen be not so great in tougher weather games. So I will certainly be watching the forecast before deciding what I think of Josh Allen in that game. There are certainly other options. I think I like Trey Lance if he's starting at 7,000 bucks here. I like Taysom Hill at 7,700 as a fallback. I also like Matthew Stafford at 7,400 here, even in cash. His salary this week ties week one for his lowest salary of the season. Drops for the second straight week after three consecutive games under 17 points for Matthew Stafford. So there's definitely the potential for him to disappoint. He posted just 11.82 FanDuel points in the first meeting with San Francisco, but that's one of just two games all season where he was under 16. So I think he's unlikely to give us that floor kind of game. The other was two weeks ago against Minnesota. So, you know, it's possible, but that was easily his worst performance of the year. So I'm just going to bet that we don't get the worst possible Matthew Stafford this week. He did throw for 309 and two touchdowns, two picks last week. So it was still a decent fantasy game, Mm -hmm. just not the ceiling we hoped for in that Baltimore matchup right now. San Francisco might be even more of a pass funnel matchup than Baltimore because they're number two in run defense DVOA 18th against the pass and a slightly positive scoring matchup for quarterback fantasy points on the year. And two of their starting corners are still on the COVID list. Um, so yeah, St- Stafford stuck out to me. Um, I don't think I, I, I'd rather play Taysom Hill in cash, um, but I like him in tournaments, even at the price. I don't think Stafford's going to be popular. Cause like you said, he has kind of been disappointing lately. I think there's other guys, Josh Allen, Taysom Hill, Kyler Murray, I think will be more popular than Stafford. So he's, he's my favorite tournament play on FanDuel here. Yeah. Anybody, anyone else you like at quarterback? No, I mean, it's going to be Allen, Taysom Hill and Stafford as my um, tournament plays on FanDuel. 
Yeah, I agree with all those guys. I'm also more likely to pay up for Kyler Murray and his stacking options, as we talked about on the DraftKings side. I mean, Zach Ertz, Christian Kirk, maybe Chase Edmonds if he's available. Um, we'll see. And then, you know, the Seattle wide receivers are easy to make a case for on the other side. We'll talk some more Cardinals wide receivers um, as we get to that position. I'm also interested to check the ownership projections for Tom Brady and Mike Evans on Sunday morning. There's downside risk here, so I wouldn't consider Brady – for cash and he wouldn't even be like you know my central quarterback for tournament Mm -hmm. lineups but there's definite ceiling if he is low owned and you know if they can't run the ball in this game he's cheaper than josh allen and kyler murray um, but more expensive than some other guys who are you know might be more obviously attractive this week so I, i just think there's a chance that we get these guys low owned and you know we saw last week what's possible when tom brady and mike evans are on the field yeah, I would bet on Brady being low owned. I'm I'm surprised that Evans and Gronk aren't aren't garnering more. I mean, how, how I'm going to play the Bucks this week? I think is just play Evans and Gronk and probably not play Brady. Um, I just I think you're going to soak up a lot of Brady's production with just with just Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. Yes, that's certainly fair. Over to running back. It's not even surprising at this point that despite carrying a ten thousand two hundred dollars <laughs> salary on FanDuel, Jonathan Taylor leads our FD dollars per point projections. And he actually checks in this week as the bigger FanDuel value than $10,000 Cooper Cup. That's different from last week when Cooper Cup was the better value on FanDuel relative to Taylor. If I'm choosing between them, Jared, on FanDuel, it's Taylor for me. But it's it's probably more possible here to fit both of them into a lineup than it is on DraftKings. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I'm not planning on doing it right now, but that that could definitely change. But yeah, it's, it's Taylor over Cup for me. This week, JT against the Jags. The Colts have the highest implied total on the the slate and the entire week, actually, at 29 and a half points. So that, no, that's no argument needed there. Um, I think David Montgomery is a nice value here on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. Um, 18.4 carries and 6.6 targets over his last five games. You know, he's getting elite running back volume and you know still isn't quite priced uh, where he should be. And I think Devin Singletary is a cash play on FanDuel. I mean, he, he's, I'm, I'm surprised I'm saying that. Um, especially on FanDuel where we care about touchdowns. But, you know, Singletary's been scoring touchdowns. He's been getting volume three straight weeks now, 23, 18, and 24 opportunities over the last three games. So at some point you just have to, you know, trust that, you know, this is what Buffalo's doing in their backfield. So I, I think Singletary is, you know, too cheap at 6700 bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I still have to talk myself into it. But a, a lot of times when you look at a player with that steep salary rise that he has had, over the past few weeks and Singletary went from 5,400 to 58 to 6,000 now 6,700 this week. Normally that's a big, you know, red flag and a guy's getting priced out of where he makes sense value wise. But in this Mm -hmm. case, I don't think it is because his role has completely changed over the past three weeks. He simply was not a workhorse before that. And over the past three weeks, he definitely has been. And especially the goal line stuff has me interested. I was wary of it last week because the game before was still an outlier in terms of carries near the goal line. He had three carries inside the 10-yard line in week 16. Last week, Singletary got five of them against Atlanta. So Buffalo is not only not scared to give Devin Singletary the ball now, they're not scared to give him the ball near the goal line, which had just been Josh Allen territory before. So he now faces the best running back scoring matchup in the league. I agree. Mm-hmm. Devin Singletary is not only a cash option, but he's a good cash option this week. Yeah. I mean, he, he comes in as our third best value at the position behind only Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. Now I think that he's probably going to carry high 
uh, ownership on the GPP side. I'm not sure though, Jared, does that make him a fade for you? I, I think that there is still a little bit too much value and ceiling to Singletary to make him a full fade, even if he's over 20%. I guess I don't, I don't expect him to be over 20%. Um, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what Fanshare says, but um, I don't know if he was over 20, I might consider fading him. But again, I, I don't think he's going to get to that level. So I'm, I'm definitely still going to be playing Singletary in tournaments. What else do you like on GPPs? Um, Sony Michelle, who, you know, I, I, he, you could even make an argument for him in cash, I think, at $7,700. Just wanted to, to mention him here. Um, 21.6 carries and 3.2 targets per game over the last five. Um, you know, the Rams are expected to get Cam Akers back for this game, but I, I don't think he's going to, you know, significantly cut into Michelle's volume. Uh, not an ideal matchup for Michelle against San Francisco, pretty tough against the run. Um, but I think the Rams offense in general will have plenty of success. Kind of like we saw last week, you know, it was a tough matchup for Michelle against Baltimore, but he, he still got there because the Rams offense put up enough points, got him in position to, to score a touchdown. Um, so I like Michelle, I like Dante Foreman too on FanDuel here. Um, you know, 26 carries last week in that easy win over Miami. We, we could see a similar game script here for Tennessee against Houston and, you know, maybe get Foreman back to, to, you know, 20 plus carries again. Yeah, there are plenty of obvious options to play around with here, both at the high end and in the 6K range. So I like Foreman as well, and then a couple others. No, first, though, Foreman, in that matchup with the Texans, only four teams have faced more running back carries this year than Houston has. No team has allowed more more running back rushing yards. Only the Jets have allowed more running back rushing touchdowns. And only Jacksonville in Week 1 and Tennessee in that first meeting in Week 11 have failed to score a running back touchdown against Houston so far. And that first Tennessee matchup was just because the Titans had not yet figured out that Adrian Peterson's no good anymore. So (laughs) this time they have that figured out. We could get a huge game from Deontay Foreman in this one. It's certainly a great spot for him. I think also attractive in a similar range, Deandre Swift at 7,000 against the Packers, obviously not necessarily playing to win the game. So a better matchup for a running back than it would normally be. And, you know, Deandre Swift, if he's getting the use is, is good regardless of game script. So AJ Dillon is one more player that I want to mention, and we'll have to watch for any reports on the Packers plan on Sunday, but I could easily see, Dylan wind up leading this backfield. There's high upside if he does against Detroit, obviously. And he's bound to be very low owned, regardless of what we hear Sunday morning. I think even if reports come out saying the, the Packers are going to give AJ Dylan the ball a bunch today, he's still a hundred dollars mm-hmm. cheaper than Damian Harris. So even in that case, I don't think he's going to get too highly owned. So I'm, I'm interested in AJ Dylan. I'll watch to see if there's any indication that he's going to be eased off, but he could be a high upside tournament play. Yeah. Yeah, this is a spot to play AJ Dillon in a DFS tournament. I, I wouldn't risk it in season long because um, I do think there's a chance. You know, he gets he gets five carries, and you know, you're this you're the DFS team you play him on is dead. But if you get 20 carries for Dillon against the Lions at two percent ownership, then you know that that's that's how you win a tournament. Yeah, I do think that Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are also options. Seventy four hundred, yeah. I think, for Harris, yeah. sixty five hundred for Stevenson. Yeah, I'd, I'd play Stevenson for cheaper and, you know, not dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know if I could play Harris at that price tag when he's not 100%. Wide receiver for cash. What are you playing? So Gabriel Davis is our top value, and I probably would not play him in cash if Emmanuel Sanders ends up active, just not knowing how those snaps would be divvied. Um, but if Sanders is out, I'll play Gabriel Davis in cash, $5,200. Um, in the two games Sanders has missed this season, Davis ran 90% of the routes and 92% of the routes. He saw 11 targets 
in those two games, which isn't a huge number, but Josh Allen's passing volume wasn't big in either game. Uh, Davis has seen 16% of Buffalo's targets in those two games. You, you know, that's a, that's a nice number, uh, especially for you know a guy at 5,200 bucks. Would you play Gabe Davis and Devin Singletary in the same cash lineup? Yep, I would. I'm not worried about having too many bills in a lineup this week. Yes, I can agree with that. I think some guys in the sub $7,000 area that will be foundation receivers for me in building cash lineups, 6,200 bucks for Christian Kirk, 30 targets, 22 catches over his past three games. Nothing scary in coverage for Seattle and the defense, as we mentioned, plays the run tougher than the pass. $5,800 Chase Claypool, who is 1800 cheaper than Deontay Johnson would be on this slate. Baltimore, the number two scoring matchup for wideouts. So any lead wideout against Baltimore is a good play. And any risk with Claypool is priced into that $5,800 salary with him. And then Tyler Lockett at 6900 He might look immediately like a, a GPP play and not a cash play. But I think sub-7K is low enough for him to make sense. Four catches for 115 on just five targets in the first meeting with Arizona this year, 24 catches for big production across two meetings against Arizona last year. And the Cardinals remain a positive matchup in coverage for wide receivers. Yeah. I have Claypool and Lockett here as tournament options. I think Claypool will end up pretty popular, um, but I, I I'll still probably play some of them at this price that I got on Fando. Baltimore has allowed 1,079 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns to wide receivers just over the last five weeks. Um, you know, so that, that's been the matchup to attack. Um, the other guy I had for cash here, and it's a bit uncomfortable, but DJ Moore is just $6,100. Um, he saw eight targets last week. He had double-digit targets in the four games before that. Robbie Anderson has not practiced yet this week with a quad injury. Um, you know, So if he's out, that's just going to push even more volume towards DJ Moore. So you know, tar- targets per dollar. Um, you know, DJ Moore is up there. You got to worry about Sam Darnold. Um, but if, you know, if you can get 12 DJ Moore targets, uh, you know, Darnold should connect with them on like half of those. <laughs> Maybe four, but yeah, <laughs> it's never going to be comfy to play a Sam Darnold wide out for cash, but I can't argue with the logic of doing it. Remember weeks like one and two, like how, <laughs> how good Sam Darnold was. Yeah. I, I barely remember. I, but I'm pretty sure Darnold was r- really good early in the season. Kind of hard I, to believe. I think he was at USC still in those weeks. <laughs> On the GPP side, I'm going to be focusing on that Arizona-Seattle stack that we talked about, both already in this show and on the DraftKings show. You know, 48 points most weeks is not high for a game over-under, but it's the highest on the main slate. The only one higher is Chargers-Raiders, and they, of course, play on Sunday night. Christian Kirk obviously is in play. A.J. Green at 5,700 is also in play. I would play him over $5,400 Antoine Wesley. It was Green still beating Wesley by a target last week when Wesley had the two touchdowns. And Green is the team leader for the season in average depth of target. A wider margin versus other Cardinals receivers since uh, DeAndre Hopkins went down. Also the team leader by an even wider margin in yards before catch uh, per reception. So you know, talking about air yards is obviously we're, we're targeting Mark Schlereth in particular um, with stats like that. Both, of course, the wide receivers on the Seattle side are obviously in play as well. It's, it's nice. I think it's nice for me that we got the big DK Metcalf game last week because now Tyler Lockett's ownership should be helped out this week. I wasn't happy about it last Sunday when I had Tyler Lockett in my main event lineup. But at this point, I can at least find some benefit. Yeah, I, I think my Kyler double stack would be Christian Kirk and then Zach Ertz, who we'll talk about. But I, you know, I like the idea to you know run the Kyler double stack and bring it back with Metcalf or, or sorry, Lockett would would be my preferred play there. Like you said, I think uh, Metcalf will get the ownership after the three touchdowns last week. Um, Justin Jefferson 
on FanDuel comes in as our third best dollars per point value um, ahead of Cooper Cup even. Jefferson's 8500 bucks here. I I, just, I think he's going to come in low owned though. Gets Kirk Cousins back this week. Adam Thielen's still out. Uh, Jefferson averaged 12.8 targets over his last four games with um, Thielen either, either out or exiting early. So I think you, you're going to get big volume out of this guy. There's you know nothing to worry about in the Bears secondary. I would say, too, on the Cardinals-Seahawks game stacking, if that's what you're building around primarily, I would not choose just one set of players and run with that. I would mix and match sure. some because it's certainly easy to imagine the game, you know, either not including Christian Kirk or not including A.J. Green or not including Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray still going off. So I, I would make sure to get, you know, coverage there. And, you know, even if you want to take a chance and play Russell Wilson on the other side, kind of same kind of deal with the receivers that you're playing. Worked last week. Right. On the tight end where you already mentioned Zach Ertz, and I'm happy to yeah. see him atop our FanDuel dollars per point because I already liked him and it's even easier to like him. He's there by a huge margin on FanDuel. Yep. And that's because he's priced too low. $5,600 is just way too low for what he's been doing lately. 33 targets, 21 catches over the past three games, five plus receptions in four straight games. Already had that eight for 88 and two line against Seattle. Uh, now, it's the top scoring matchup for tight ends. Uh, not even a second thought for me for Zach Ertz. It's yep. him and all of my cash lineups. Yep. You, you said it all. I got nothing to add. Um, it's, it's Ertz and cash on FanDuel. Nice. So what about GPP? Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I like here. He's $5,200. He's actually our second best dollars per point value at tight end. Uh, again, you know, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers, at least behind 10.6 targets. I think Fryermuth is going to pick up a few of those. And Baltimore has struggled against tight ends all season. They're, they're 25th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. And then Dawson Knox, I like him here even more than I do on DraftKings with a half PPR, you know, more emphasis on touchdown scoring, which I think, you know, Knox um, has a ton of touchdown upside this week against the Jets. Uh, he's just $6,000 here on, on FanDuel. Yeah, and especially nice for your Josh Allen lineup. And just yep. to touch back on that Baltimore matchup for tight ends, because, you know, it started out the season maybe looking even better than it does right now, but just over the past four weeks, they've allowed a six for 69 on nine targets for, to Tyler Higby, seven catches to Bengals tight ends, seven catches to Packers tight ends, a five catch game for Austin Hooper. So clearly still a soft spot for tight ends and coverage. So yeah, I agree with all of those guys. Defense, Jared, what are you playing? Uh, the Bucks stand out as a value on FanDuel. They're they're underpriced. They're you're not not up with these other elite defenses this week. Um, you know, we have Tampa ranked third at defense this week, and they're they're just tenth in FanDuel salary. They're eight-point favorites against Carolina. Carolina, 16.75 point implied total. And we, we saw this matchup just two weeks ago, and the Bucks scored 16 FanDuel points. Yeah, even missing the guys that they are with injuries, they still have a first-round rookie, Joe Tryon, at edge to you know make up for missing Shaq Barrett. They still have Devin White in the middle, who even if he's not, even if he's overrated as a player, can still make big plays. So there's enough there to take advantage of this matchup. On the cheaper end, even cheaper than the Bucks, I like the Vikings for 3,700 against Andy Dalton. And the Steelers at 3,500 against the Ravens are also not a bad option. Baltimore, the eighth most friendly scoring matchup for team defenses. The Rams got to them for five sacks and two turnovers last week with Tyler Huntley behind center. The Steelers got them for seven sacks and an INT, just 19 points allowed in week 13. The Ravens are averaging less than 20 points per game over their past eight and that 20 points is the cutoff for where you get any points from FanDuel for your Team D scoring. So put all that in, and this game has the fifth lowest total for the week. So nobody's expecting big points for this one. That's always good mm -hmm. for a Team Defense. 
Yeah, I like that call. Um, I think if you want to go even cheaper, I think the Lions are in, in play here too. Um, you know, just we don't know exactly how much of the Packers backups we're going to get, but you know, it's it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers for that entire game. So there's upside for the Lions versus Jordan Love. And I I think Buffalo too is underpriced going back up to the top at forty five hundred dollars. Um, you know, at, at home against against Zach Wilson, big favorites. Um, so I think I think they're an option if you can you know fit them in. Yeah, lots to play with here. I think that there's. Less than most weeks, I think it's less clear who you should play at defense on FanDuel. Yeah, a lot of good options this week. So, um, you know, see 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 where the ownerships are going to come in, and you'll kind of pivot to the defenses that people are overlooking. Yeah, this might be the position where I'm most interested in ownership because none of us knows what's going to happen. A defense could have a yeah. terrible game and return one interception for a touchdown and be a double digit scorer. So it's definitely worth yeah. looking at the ownership here. Yeah, on DraftKings, I think the Browns are going to be super chalky. Um, I think they, they won't be on Fandle here because they're actually priced up. So I think, you're, I think it's going to be pretty spread here at defense. Well, that's going to do it for this week 18 FanDuel podcast, the final of the season. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get more player recommendations for this week. Kevin English has your cash game picks. Corey Bushland has your, G, your top GPP options. And then play with our lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of our projections and FanShare's ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and all other formats, you can also join us in the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for the podcast you're listening to right now. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.